You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Mission Impossible, Part 1. Enjoy. God is good. Well, we're doing something. Uh, We're starting a brand new series here at Highway Church, and it's entitled... That's right, Mission Impossible. You guys might be familiar with the, the movie that's out now. There's been a series of films that have come out. But you guys know it's actually based off a TV series way back from the 60s? 1966 to 73. Don't say way back. Yeah, that was way back. Not that long ago, but it was a while ago in the 1900s, right? And it was called Mission Impossible. And it was about this this group of covert, secret government agents. And what they did is they foiled the plans of of dictators and evil organizations and crime lords. And they did things that others said are impossible. Well, at Highway Church, we want you to know that God did the impossible for you. Do you know Jesus was a covert government agent? He came to earth under the authority of the government of heaven, and he was a secret agent, not a secret to us, but a secret to Satan. It says in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 8, that if the princes of this world, referring to the spiritual forces of darkness in heavenly places, if they knew that he would have risen from the dead, they would have never crucified him. Wow. If they would have known the ultimate plan of salvation for mankind, they wouldn't have crucified Jesus. They thought they had him on the cross. They thought that they had him in hell when he was being tortured and punished for your sins and mine, but they didn't. On the third day, the Holy Spirit burst into hell and raised up God's one and only son. He became the firstborn from among the dead, and now we are his brothers and sisters. So during this new series, we're going to learn that God did the impossible for us. We're going to talk about what God did for us through Christ and what God has empowered us to do in Christ. All right? What God did for us through Christ and what he's empowered us to do in Christ. Now, we're going to say some things today that might be shocking to you. You remember my external defibrillator anointing, right? Clear. Right? Yeah, we're, we're going to do something crazy. We're going to read the words of Jesus. Uh, is it okay to do that? As Christians, I mean, can we read the words of Jesus? Can we do even crazier? Can we believe them? And then practice them. Yeah, we're going to do it. And I mean, Jesus, he's shocking. He changed my whole life when I began to read his words. You know, I grew up in a church and I never read his words. They didn't teach his words in the church I grew up in. They taught their own doctrines. So we're going to get, we're just going to be crazy because at Highway Church, we like to stay with Jesus. So, you know, you can, you can base what you believe about God on all kinds of things. You can base what you believe about God on the tradition you grew up in. You can base what you believe about God on what your friends say. 
or on the things you've been through, on your own life experience, or you can base what you believe about God the Father on the person of Jesus Christ. And at Highway Church, we're all about Jesus Christ, the person of Christ, not our version of him, but the Jesus that's been revealed to us in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. We've got his very actions and words recorded for us to meditate on, to learn, to, re- to change our thinking with. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at the words of the real Jesus. Now, you know, the real Jesus, you might find that he's very different from the religious picture of Jesus that you've been given through your religious tradition. I found that out, and boy, was I shocked about it. You know, you can go to, your ch- go to a church your whole life and never develop an intimate relationship with the real Jesus. The Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. And boy, millions of Christians, uh, maybe I think are in that place where they're going to church and they've been told a little bit about Jesus, but they haven't decided to go all the way with him. And yes, they're, they're saved, they're born again, they're going to heaven. But man, there are things that God has for you right now, today, that are impossible without him. Right. That he wants you to do. But they can only come if you will embrace the real Jesus. So we're going to embrace the real Jesus. We're going to read his words. Are you ready? You're sitting down. I see. That's good. Well, let's pray first. We better pray. Father, we thank you so much for your shocking life that that has made us brand new. We thank you for the resurrection power of Jesus Christ that has brought us from death to life, that has brought us from sin to righteousness, from darkness to light. We thank you, God, that this morning through your son, you did the impossible and we're new creations in Christ Jesus that old things have passed away and all things have become new and all these things are from you. And we open our hearts to who you are. Holy Spirit, we ask you to change, clear up our picture of Jesus, that we would see you, Lord, as you are, the healer, the deliverer, the Savior of the world. And Father, it's in the matchless name of your son we pray, Jesus Christ, amen. So let's go to the real Jesus. Let's go to Mark chapter 11. Mission impossible. Before we read Mark chapter 11, Eden put Romans 8, 3 up there. I wanted to share this scripture with you earlier. We said that we want you to know God did the impossible for you. Look what Romans chapter 8, verse 3 says. For what the law was powerless to do, in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did, how? By sending his own son. So that's the, that's the whole foundation of this new life we're living, right? God did what it was impossible for us to do, all right? And now we're going to look at his one and only son, and you're going to find the things that he says are, are, are impossible apart from him. But man, with God, all things are possible. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Now I'm going to read this to you out of the message translation. All right, this is Jesus talking, 
okay? We're just going to take him at his word. No religion, just relationship. Jesus was matter of fact. Well, let's, let's back up here for a second. What's, what, what's the context? What's going on in Matthew 11? Well, Jesus was traveling in and out of Jerusalem with his disciples, and he was hungry. And, on, and he passed on his way, traveling with them, he saw a fig tree in the distance. He went over to the fig tree to eat some figs because he was hungry. That's normal, right? But there were no figs on the tree. So Jesus, in the presence of his disciples, opens his mouth and speaks to this fig tree. This is the real Jesus, okay? He speaks to this fig tree, and he says, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And he continues with his disciples, and Mark records that the next morning, his disciples noticed that the tree that he cursed is dead, and that it, that it died supernaturally. It withered from the roots up. And Peter calls his attention to it in Mark chapter 11. He says, Master, look, the tree that you spoke to, that you cursed, has died. All right? That's supernatural. The real Jesus is supernatural. He's greater than the things of this world. And he wants you to experience the greatness of who he is. The supernaturalness of who he is. So here he is. So I love, what I love about the real Jesus is his heart. I love how he responds to us. He doesn't push us away, but he throws his arms around us and invites us to come in. And that's what he does here. So Peter and his disciples are amazed, standing in awe at this supernatural Jesus that they're walking with. And he says to them, embrace this God life. I love that. The literal Greek says, have the faith of God. In other words, God is not pushing you away. He's inviting you to come in and to live life in a very different way. His way. Embrace this God life. Really embrace it. What does it mean to embrace something? Man, you throw your arms around it and you squeeze and you don't let go. Right? You internalize it. You adopt it. You incorporate it. Right? You take it to heart. Embrace this God. In other words, wrap your arms around the way that I'm living. This is Jesus talking. Embrace this life that I'm demonstrating to you. I'm showing you a whole different way to live. It's supernatural. It's greater than the things of this world. And I want you to embrace it and do what I do. Let's keep reading. Verse 23. And nothing will be too much for you. This mountain. Oh, come on, Jesus. A mountain? Yep. This mountain. For instance, just say go jump in the lake. No shuffling or shilly-shallying. And it's as good as done. Verse 24. That's why I urge you. Who's urging us? The real Jesus. I urge you to pray for, keep it in context, to speak to absolutely everything, ranging from small to large, include everything as you embrace this God life and you'll get God's everything. Is that shocking to you? I know it's really different. It's really different than man's religion, what he just said here. This will lift you into a whole new way of living that man's, relig man's religion can't go here. All right, man's religion tilts at the real Jesus. All right? 
Now, in Matthew chapter 6, I love how he talks, and, and the, the message captures similar to Mark 11. In Matthew 6, the real Jesus is talking, and he says, steep your life in God reality. Oh, I love that. Immerse yourself in this new reality, right? Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. So if there's a God reality, if there's a God initiative, a God provision, a God life, then we know there's other options, right? There's a God reality, but there's also a reality of this world. And if you don't run after the real Jesus, if you don't throw your arms around the real Jesus, you're going to end up living the life the world wants you to live. You're going to end up living a natural life, doing natural things, just kind of hum, 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 going your way, you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses. But if you'll embrace the real Jesus, he will lift you up out of the natural and he will put you in to the light of his amazing grace and you will begin living a supernatural life. I've had enough of the natural. I've had enough. Been there, done that. I want Jesus. I want Jesus. Now, are you ready? I'm just going to read some more Jesus. Can I read some more Jesus? I mean, we're disciples of Christ. It's okay to read our, our master's words, right? It wouldn't be wrong for us to read his words, would it? Would it be wrong for us to take Jesus at his word? Well, you know, I kind of got that impression from some of the churches I've been in. You're, you're doing what? I'm taking Jesus at his word. Well, you can't, yeah, he didn't mean, he didn't mean that. He said a lot of things. He's consistent in his message. You, you can, he's the, he is he's the way, the truth. Look at John 14. This is the real Jesus talking. I still remember this. In 1989, I started reading the book of John. My whole life changed. And man, when I read this verse, I remember just stopping. Just stunned. John chapter 14, verse 12, the real Jesus is talking. And I want you to notice, he's not pushing us away. He's trying to bring us in. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, this is verse 12, the works that I do, you'll never do because I'm different than you and I'm a religious icon that's going to go back to heaven someday and you'll just kind of have to struggle through until I get back. No, no, the works that I do, he will do also. Who will do them? He who believes, right? There's a, there's a part to right? That's our part. We've got to believe. Right? Isn't that what he said? Right? He didn't say, I say to you, all Christians will do it. No. He who believes. Faith is our part, isn't it? We've got to take him at his word. If you don't take him at his word, you're not going to experience the life that he has for you. It's just that simple. It doesn't mean you're not going to heaven. I'm talking about right now in this world. All right? So we take him at his word. He says, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Now, you ready for my, I love my shocking Jesus. Ready? And greater works than these. Am I making this up? Is this in your Bible too? All right. Greater works than these will he do because I go to my father. Wow. Mission impossible. Right? So it looks like as I study this, this Mission Impossible manual, 
it looks like to me that Jesus was meant to be the firstborn from among many. That he came into earth to start a revolution. To absolutely take people out of the natural into the supernatural. To save, to heal, to deliver, and to set free. And boy, will you see that in the ministry of the real Jesus. And his ministry hasn't changed. Because he's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. You ready for some more? Can we read some more Jesus? This is how we're going to start the series. We're just going to read a bunch of Jesus. Is that good? Because we're going to lay a foundation. Because you're going to see in this series, we're going to talk about four things that God did that were impossible for us to do through Jesus. He defeated Satan. He defeated sin. He defeated sickness. And he defeated lack. We're not going to look at all of those today. We're going to start next week. All right? But we're just going to get a Jesus foundation for this today. So we're going to lay the work for what we're about to experience coming up. Let's go to Luke chapter 10. Uh, now, you're going to have to stay with Jesus on this because we're going we're to read some shocking stuff here that people will think you're crazy for believing. Nevertheless, we're staying with Jesus. Luke chapter 10, his disciples come back to Jesus, and man, they're jumping up and down. They're thrilled that, that, that even the demons are subject to them in the name of Jesus. And again, I love Jesus' response. He doesn't push them away. He doesn't put them down. He encourages them and exhorts them to, to do what he does. Luke chapter 10, verse 18. So he says unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Jesus knows what Satan's all about, right? He said in John 10.10, 10, he's the thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? So as pastors and ministers, we shouldn't be telling people that God wants them to be sick, right? Jesus didn't teach that, right? He said, I came that they might have life and might have it more abundantly. It's the devil, right, that steals kills and destroys, all right? So he says, I saw, I saw Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Look at this now. Verse 19, we're just staying with Jesus. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. Yeah, what animal did Satan enter in Genesis to, to steal from man? It was a serpent, wasn't it? Genesis 3. I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Woo! If you'll embrace the real Jesus, you'll become fearless. All the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's supernatural. This is our Jesus. You ready for some more? Now, what some have done, they'll read. I mean, we've gone through how many scriptures so far? One, two, three, four, five different passages here. But what some have done in, in Christendom is they, they've got into their head in, in seminaries and, and man's reasonings, and they discount verses like this. And they say, well, that was just for Jesus, and that was just for the, for the first disciples so they get the church started but it's not for us today. You won't find that taught in the scriptures. You won't find Jesus teaching that. You'll find teaching what we just read. He who believes will do these things. But let's look at some more of this. Just another example that this is for those who believe. It's not for just Jesus, just Peter, just John, just James. It's for those who believe today in 2015, according to the real Jesus. Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. Verses 15 and following. Now, this is the resurrected Jesus talking. 
He had already risen from the dead at this point, appeared to his disciples for 40 days, and he's getting ready to ascend back into heaven, and he gives his disciples the great commission to do the impossible. He says to them, go into the world, all the world, and preach the good news. That's what the word gospel means, right? Every time you see gospel, it means good news. We don't have any bad news to preach. To the good news to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Notice he does not say he who does not believe and is not baptized. No, the emphasis is not on baptism, it's on believing, right? You see that? He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. There's three beliefs, right? In one statement. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. What will they do? Cast out demons, right? Who, you? Yeah, you. They will speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Amen. Sounds like Luke 10, 18, and 19. Sounds like John 14, 12. Sounds like Mark 11, 22 through 24. Sounds like Matthew 6, 33. He's consistent, Jesus, isn't he? Yeah. So they're going to cast out demons. They're going to speak with new tongues. They're going to take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. Mm -hmm. Wow. Let's look at some more Jesus. John 16. John 16, verse 33. I'm going to read this one out of the Amplified. Do you guys know what the Amplified translation is? Let me share a little bit with you about the Amplified. It's from 1965. The goal of the Amplified, it's a literal translation. I'll read you a little bit about it. You can have literal translations or paraphrase translations. So the Amplified is a literal one. Here's their goal. Their goal was to use synonyms and definitions which both explain and expand the meaning of the words in the text, which allows the reader to more completely grasp the meaning of the words as they were understood in the original languages. So what was the New Testament written in? Greek, right? Old Testament, Hebrew, right? And also we have some manuscripts in Aramaic. Through multiple expressions, fuller and more revealing, uh, fuller and more revealing appreciation is given to the divine message as the original text legitimately permits. The Amplified Translation is from the accepted Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek manuscripts into literary English, just a little information about the Amplified, all right? So uh, John 16, 33, I want you to see what he says. I want you to get the fullness of this because so many have missed it. Jesus, the real Jesus is talking. He said, I've told you these things. Well, we read a number of the things he's told us, right? Mark 11, Matthew 6, John 14, Luke 10, Mark 16. Now here's John's, I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. The Greek word there is irene, means well-being, wholeness. I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect wholeness, perfect well-being, and confidence. In the world you have tribulation, trials, distress, and frustration. Deal with it. No. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident. Be certain, be undaunted. Are you ready for the real Jesus? For I have overcome 
the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. He's consistent, isn't he? Yes. I mean, we could be reading passages all day, but we don't have the time. So I've overcome the world. And you say, well, that's good for him, but I'm still here. No, you're missing it. He said, I've deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. This is nothing new. This supernatural protection you'll find throughout the scriptures. And it's available to those who believe. Now, we see this, I like Acts, because, you know, Jesus ascends back, and now the, the, the disciples there, and they grab a hold of this thing. And then there's this guy who, who hates the disciples, and he's dragging them into prison and persecuting them. In fact, he, he's standing there watching Stephen get stoned. His name is Saul, and he's on his way to Damascus, and Jesus shows up, the real Jesus. And Saul's whole life changes, and he gives his life to the real Jesus, and now he becomes a follower of Christ. And we see him radically transformed and changed. And he begins traveling, telling people about Jesus. But he wasn't one of the originals. He wasn't with James, Peter, and John on the Mount of Transfiguration. He wasn't with them for those three and a half years. He came after, years after Jesus ascended. All right? But he learned from Jesus supernaturally. And I love what he says in Acts uh, chapter 28. Actually, it's more of just an example of what Jesus has been saying about those who believe in him. So let's, let's go to Acts chapter 28, verse 3. What are we talking about? God did the impossible for you. What God did for us through his son and what he's empowered us to do in his son. So in Acts chapter 28 now, I'm sorry, when I say 23, 28, Acts chapter 28, now, Paul, he's, he's, he's traveling on his way to Rome, and they're shipwrecked, right? Their lives have been, have been saved, but they're on the island, I think, of Malta. And he's gathering wood for a fire. And in verse 3, it says, When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat. Can you say, ouch? Yeah, right? Fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians, those are the natives to the island, saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer, who though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. So they thought this is the punishment of the gods on this man, right? And what's Paul do? He shakes off the beast into the fire and felt no harm, right? This is what Jesus said earlier, isn't it? We're seeing it now in the people who believe. Right? That's just a natural, that's how it goes. Verse 6, how be it? They looked. When he should have swollen or fallen down dead, suddenly, see, people are going to look at your life and say, well, this should have happened to you and that should have happened to you, but they're going to see the life of God in you and they're going to know that Jesus is Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. He should have swollen. He should have fallen down. He should have failed, but it didn't happen. They looked a great while at him. They're watching this man. He just shook off a viper in the fire, right? And after a while, they looked a great while, and they saw no harm come to him. So how did they respond to that? They changed their minds. We, we learned that's what repent means, right? They repented. They changed the way they thought and said that he was a god. They didn't get that right. 
But they realized, they realized that he, yeah, that God was living in him, that it was supernatural, right? This was supernatural. Only God could do something like this. Only God could provide this kind of strength and health. And he's provided it for you through Christ. Now, this is not new. I mean, you guys know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Right, well, we, we could again go all day talking about examples in the Bible of supernatural protection. There's three young men who decided to live their lives for God, and the king told them they couldn't do that and threw them into a burning, fiery furnace, and they walked around in there with Jesus. And they came out, and they didn't even smell like smoke, right? You guys know Daniel, right? Got thrown into a pit of lions. That's not a happy day, right? And uh, you could say they became pillow pets. <laughs> all right anyway but then the next day they they, they said are you, Dan, king comes says daniel you and they said i'm fine god protected me they take him out and they throw in the men that accused him and they get eaten okay supernatural protection you want to read some let's go psalm 91 i just love jesus do you know jesus is in the old testament you're going to see jesus from genesis to revelation the whole bible is about jesus He's, he's through every thread from Genesis 1-1 all the way through Revelation. It's a book about him. And the only way you can really understand the Old Testament is through the light of Christ. You've got to read it through the person of Christ. Psalm 91. We're talking about Jesus and this supernatural protection. Psalm 91, verse 7. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, your habitation. What did Jesus say in John 15, 7 and 8? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you abide in your home right? In other words, if you live, if you make me your home, if my words make, if you make my words, let them find their home in you, right? There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. This is just Bible, right? For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. People won't mind so much if you hang this on your refrigerator, but you start believing and practicing this, then they're going to start criticizing you, right? We're not refrigerator Christians, right? We're red-hot Jesus people. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder. There's those serpents again. The young lion and the dragon thou shalt thou trample under feet. I've got to read it to you out of the message. You ready for this? Verse 7, even though others succumb all around, drop like flies, right and left, no harm will even graze you. What's the very first verse of Psalm 91? You guys know? He who dwells in the shelter or the secret place, secret agents. What's the secret place? Jesus in Christ. He who dwells in the secret place in Christ. Right? Good to know what the secret place is. It's a, who's it a secret to? Satan. You know why it's a secret? Because he can't figure out why God loves you. According to Satan, God shouldn't love you. God should condemn you. But according to God, he loves you and doesn't condemn you. It doesn't make sense to, to Satan. He's, he, he can't figure that out. So it's a secret place, right? And he can't do anything about it. 
Hallelujah. Verse 8, message. You'll stand untouched. Oh, the untouchables. Watch it all from a distance. Watch the wicked turn into corpses. Yes, because God's your refuge. The high God, your very own home. There it is again, John 15, 7 and 8. Evil can't get close to you, can't touch this. Harm can't get through the door. He ordered his angels to guard you wherever you go. If you stumble, they'll catch you. Their job is to keep you from falling. You'll walk unharmed among lions and snakes and kick young lions and serpents from the path. Woo! This is radical, baby. Woo! I love it. Now, how about, how about the message? Verses 14 through 16. You ready for this? If you'll hold on to me for dear life, says God, embrace this God life, right? I'll get you out of any trouble. I'll give you the best of care. If you'll only get to know and trust your religious tradition. Nope. All that's going to give you is a few pats on the back. Man's approval, but it's not going to give you this. If you only get to know and trust me, call me. I'll answer. I'll be at your side in bad times. I'll rescue you, then throw you a party. We love to party at Highway Church. I'll give you a long life. I'll give you a long drink of salvation. Wow. We're just reading the Bible, and we're believing it. See, you got to come out of that mediocrity that Satan wants to suck you into by just accepting the norm, accepting what you've been through as God's will. You know, there's all kinds of things going on in the world that are not God's will at all. Every one of us has experienced things that were not God's will for us. In fact, Jesus, the real Jesus, told us that we are to pray for God's will to be done in the earth as it is in heaven, which tells us it's not automatically done. We've got to enforce it in our lives. We don't take authority over people. We take authority over the enemy, right, over Satan and his demons. And and we're going to finish with this last scripture. It's Paul again. (laughs) I love this guy. He sold out. I mean, he doesn't care what anybody thinks of him anymore. There was a time when that was important to him. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he talks about that. And he even says, I think it's in Philippians 3, he said, all the things that I used to think were valuable and worthwhile, I've thrown them out. They're like cow poop to me. They're worth nothing. Although manure is, is valuable if you have a garden. But anyway, you get the point, right? He says, they're like dung to me. I can't use, there's no value to me. And then in verse uh, 23 of chapter 9 of 1 Corinthians, he says, I do all things, everything I do for the sake of the what? The good news. Remember, you see gospel, it means good news. I want to de-religify that word, okay? It means good news. I, everything I do, I do for this good news of Christ. Why? So that I can graduate from seminary. No. That I may become a fellow partaker of it. 
I like how the message says it. I did all this because of the message, the good news. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. This is not, we don't just gather on Sunday mornings and in our homes during the week to talk about Jesus. We're partakers of this new life. We've got God in us. We've got the Holy Spirit in us. We're full of the Holy Spirit. God's very own spirit is in us. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead has made his home in us. And we're living this thing, man. We're living this thing. He's in you. Christ is in you. He's the guarantee of God's glory for your life. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that with you all things are possible. With you nothing is impossible. We love you, Father. We rejoice. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to to absolutely have your way in our thinking. Shine your light into every room of our thinking, of our minds. Lord, into the parlor, the porch, the back porch, the deck, the closets, the attic, the basement. Let your light shine. Lord, that any thought that we have that is contrary to who you are, Jesus, that you would reveal that to us that we would change our minds, change our thinking, and throw our arms around you, Jesus, and do the things that you did and greater things than these. It's in your matchless name that we've gathered this morning and that we celebrate right now. We thank you, Father, you did the impossible. What the law couldn't do, you did. You gave your one and only son, and we're celebrating. We're throwing a party this morning. Thank you for new life, Father. Thank you for redeeming us completely. Thank you that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. We stand before you this morning clean by the precious blood of your son. And we thank you for it, Father. Your very own children, your very own sons and daughters. In Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I want to bless you and pray for you before we finish. And as we're praying right now, if you have a need in your life, you know, I don't know what it is, but God does. And you know, he even knows your needs uh, better than you do. (laughs) And he sure knows how to meet them better than we do, right? So I just want to uh, pray for you that the questions that you have would find their answers in the person of Christ, that you would begin to follow and and look for his leading in your life, that you would embrace this God life. Father, I thank you for everyone here this morning. Lord, I know that that fear is, is something the enemy uses to stop us or to slow us down. But you haven't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I pray for everyone here in this place this morning and, and hearing this podcast. I pray, Father, that by your spirit, your perfect love would cast out every fear. That they would rest and grow into full assurance of faith for your love for them and your great plan and purpose. Lord, your will be done in our lives just as it is in heaven. Every life, healing, wholeness, deliverance in Jesus' name. Amen. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow 
in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.